to be able to introduce to you our guest speaker. This is a man I've known my entire life. I have grown up listening to him preach sermons. He is a past, he's been a pastor for 50 years. He has been married for 51 years to a beautiful, wonderful woman. He has raised four rowdy, rambunctious boys and one angelic, nearly perfect daughter. <laughs> he has a passion for God's word. He can quote whole passages of scripture from memory, including the entire Sermon on the Mount. He was the pastor at Canyon Road Assembly of God in Ogden, Utah for 31 and a half years. He retired as a senior pastor seven years ago, but he continues to serve in ministry as a children's church teacher and in senior ministry and also as an interim pastor at different churches. He's also very famous for his amazing Belgian waffles. I am so honored to introduce to you my hero and my mentor, my father, Pastor Ray Mead. Wow, what a wonderful introduction. I think uh, the part that a wonderful wife is true, but I think Bev, from the first service to the second service, said something, hey, put something in about me. No, she didn't. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm very proud of my daughter. I, I think she is really following the call that God has upon her life. And uh, we, she's so thankful. She's mentioned to me so many times the opportunity that she has to be a part of this congregation in ministry. And I'm so glad for that. And I really do get a lot more compliments about her, her preaching than I ever did about the sermons I preached, you know. One person said, I just want you to know she's just twice as good as you are. But this morning, after I shared that little thought, I, as I was going back, a person came up to me and said, you know what, you're better than your daughter. But it just so happened he was her brother, my son. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, growing up, all your illustrations, the best illustrations you have are your children, you know. And so... Uh, I never did ask permission. Some pastors get up and say, I had their permission to tell this story. When I talked about my kids, I never asked permission. <laughs> so now that they are speaking, they never ask permission to say what they want to say about their dad, you know. But anyway, it's a, it's a joy to be here today and speak. You know, I love this church. I've been a part of it since it, its first beginnings. It was... Uh, my wife and I, after we resigned Canyon Road Assembly of God, drove every Sunday up to Logan, Utah to attend. My son pastors the church in Logan, and so we wanted to go up there and be a part of the church there. But when the church began to be established here in Far West, we decided that it would be good to be a part of a new growing congregation. And why hasn't it grown? i just so thrilled with all the new people coming in and, and all. And I just thank God for the wonderful pastors that God has placed here to serve this congregation. You know, Seth and Katie love the Lord and uh, they just want to do their very best in reaching out and helping people in need and 
preaching from the pulpit. I love the fact that uh, Seth, Pastor Seth, has a, a concern about people beyond just the pulpit ministry. He's a great preacher, but he has a great love and wants to help people in need. And one of the things he, he taught us as the church started was, let's be authentic. May people see in us the authenticity of our, our experience with Christ and be transparent let people know that you're going through struggles, but God is the answer, Christ is the answer. And it reminded me of the story of a pastor who was emphasizing honesty and transparency with his congregation. And uh, on a given period of time, he was at a conference and he was staying in a motel. And while he was there, he was getting ready to check out and he saw, you know, those nice little coffee makers that are in the hotel, they just maybe fix one or two cups of coffee, but they're just kind of handy to have in your motel room. How many know what I'm talking about? Well, he was tempted to take one. He said, you know, I'm sure they have plenty of them. I'll just take it home with me and it'd be so nice to have it in my office. And, uh, but you know what, he didn't do it. But being transparent as a pastor, he, he got before his congregation and he, and he said to them, now folks, I want you to know I had a, a temptation this past week to take those little coffee makers that are in the motel room. I, I just wanted to take one home, but I didn't do it. But I just want you to know, pastors are like anybody else. They have certain temptations that they deal with. Well, on Monday morning after Sunday, he, he went into his office, and there were a number of coffee makers <laughs> on, the, on his desk. So he got up the next Sunday, and he said, I, I just want you to know, I was in Walmart this week, and I saw this big color television set. <laughs> well, Christmas is an exciting time of giving. We love teaching the children. Uh, there's just a variety as you deal with children. Some like to just get in and participate, and some don't, but generally when we have games, most all of the children participate. We like to ask them questions. What are your favorite things to do? If you could be anybody, you know, di different questions like that. And I, I'm sure that if I were to ask children, what is the best thing about Christmas to you? They would say the gifts. But if I were to say that to most adults, especially if you're a parent, you'd say the best thing about Christmas is giving of gifts to see the excitement of the children when you give that gift. You know, several years ago, I made a mistake in giving a gift to my wife. I'm just going to be transparent with you today. <laughs> you know, our house, we had lived in it for a while, and uh, it really, the carpets began to look a little bit dirty, you know, and I thought, they really need to be cleaned. And so I, I met someone that does carpet cleaning, and I thought, oh, I'm going to uh, take and get a certificate from him and put it in an envelope. Don't ever do that, guys. <laughs> Women are looking for jewelry. Don't buy vacuum cleaners, carpet cleaning. That's not very oppressive at Christmas. But I was excited. I could hardly wait till she opened that gift. And she opened it up. She was polite. Carpet's cleaned. But you know, 
I decide I better get her something besides the <laughs> gift of cleaning the carpets. Sometimes the gifts we give we think are special, but the one receiving it doesn't. I, I remember when our kids were teenagers, a very common theme after they got, especially if it was clothes to wear, they, they would open the present and, oh, thank you, Mom. Did you keep the receipt in case we want to exchange it for something else? <laughs> Years ago, uh, someone gave, I think one of our kids got married, and a part of the gift was this big cowboy boot. It's a silver cowboy boot. And, you know, it just didn't fit the decor of that family. And so they thought, well, you know, when Christmas comes around, instead of keeping this big old cowboy boot, we'll give it as a gift. And so, and nobody liked that cowboy boot, I don't know, you know, but it was sort of the gag gift. And so when, uh, you know, how you play this game where we do this in our family anyway, you don't put a name on the gift, you just uh, take and give everybody a number and they just have to go and decide what box they want to take. And, and so whoever got that gift, and we try to disguise it, you know, because it was a big boot, you know, we do different things to try to disguise it. And then, oh no, we got the boot this year. <laughs> so one year, one of the family members was really going through a hard time financially. And we decided that we were really going to bless them with a substantial monetary gift. Only we put the monetary gift in the boot. And we decided that we were going to make sure that nobody but them chose that gift. And so when they opened the gift, they had the boot. And they go, oh no, we got the boot. But we said, well, maybe you ought to look and see what's inside the boot. And of course, they did. And it was something that really was what they needed, some money to help them to get past the difficulties that they were going through. And you know, in all the giving of gifts at Christmas time and the excitement and the joy of Christmas, and it's, I love giving gifts, I love to receive gifts, but we must not forget that Christmas is more than just giving and receiving temporal gifts. It's realizing that the greatest gift anyone could receive is the gift of God. And it's the gift of God's love that he would come as a baby Jesus. And Jesus is our gift, isn't he? We must not forget the reason for the season, that Jesus is the reason. And I think the message of Christmas is a lot of things. We, I love this little video that we showed the, the beginning or during the offering but, uh, about the story of Christmas. But we must remember that the greatest gift that we have is the gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life that is ours because Jesus was born. Emmanuel, God with us. And let us never forget the heart of the gospel is found in that verse of scripture that we often quote when we were just little kids. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God gave you his son. Why? Because God is love. God loves you. No matter what you've done, 
God loves you. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more, and there's nothing you can do to make God love you less because God is love. And it was just this past week that uh, I read something that just, I knew, but it just reminded me afresh that it isn't love is God. Love doesn't describe God. God describes love. Nowhere in the Bible does it say love is God. It says God is love. If you want to know real love, you need to know God. And when you know God, then you know love because God is love. And when you come to God, know that he loves you. And you don't have to come and clean your life up and say, I got to get better before I can allow God to love me. No, he loves you before you ever come to him. But he wants to give you a wonderful gift. But you know, sometimes as Christians, I think we take for granted this wonderful gift. And if you really want to understand the benefits of the gift of God, then you, you just need to read the Word of God, read the Bible, read the New Testament in particular. It describes uh, why Christ came. You know, Christmas was an anticipated event from the Old Testament. We read way back in Genesis 3.15 that uh, the promise of Christmas was made when God said that there would come one from Eve who would crush the head of Satan. That was the first time we have the promise of Christmas. And throughout the Old Testament, we see the prophets foretold of his birth in Bethlehem of Judea. And there's so many Old Testament prophecies concerning the event, but the New Testament describes the blessings of the event, the blessings of Christmas, what makes Christmas special and wonderful. And I know traditionally we we many times when we talk about Christmas, we think about the shepherds, we think about the angels, we think about Mary and Joseph and all. But this morning, I want us to focus more on the gift that God gave to us. The gift of God's love to us, that God so loved you that he gave. And he gave his son to us that we might have salvation and eternal life. I have discovered the joys of being a grandparent. And one of the joys of being a grandparent is when your grandchildren are little and it's your birthday, they love to open the present with you. They get as excited as if it was their own present. They want to see what's inside. No matter what it is, they want to do something with your gift. They think it's something that they can enjoy just as much as you can enjoy. No matter whether it's clothing or what it might be, they just, you know, they think this is great we'll use grandpa's clothes, you know, his hats or whatever, you know. But I would like for us to be like children this morning. And I want to open the present of God's gift to us this morning from a passage of Scripture. Now, the whole New Testament is filled with the blessings and promises of the event of Christmas, of what we have because of God's gift to us. That's why we say John 3.16 is the heart of the gospel, because God gave you something. He gave his son to you. But I want you to get like a little child this morning, and as we open this present, I want you to be excited as a little... Jesus said, unless you become like a little child. So I'm looking out. I teach children's church, so I want you guys to get excited like the children do in children's church. 
and see what is yours this Christmas through Jesus Christ. And in your Bibles, I want you to turn to Ephesians, the first chapter, and we're going to read from verse 15 through 20. And it says, For this reason, every since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. You know, the greatest gift you have is to know God. But it's not just, oh, I know about God. It's, I know God. And I know him each day in a new and wonderful way. And he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparable great power for you who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. First of all, the joy of Christmas and the blessing of Christmas is the gift of being able to go into the throne room of grace. We have access to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. What a wonderful privilege. Because of Christmas, you can go into God's throne room, and you know what? He wants to give you mercy and grace to help you in your time of need. Not just on Christmas Day, but throughout the year, we have access to God. Nicky Gumbel, the director of the Alpha Bible Study Course, tells, tells this story that during the American Civil War, there was a soldier, because of a tragedy in his family, had been granted privilege to meet with the president to get an exemption from serving in the military. But when he went to the White House, he was denied access. And he walked to a park nearby and sat down, and he was dejected, defeated. And a little boy came over to him, and he found himself opening up to this little boy that said, you seem sad. And he told him all about his situation. And after he had told his story, the little boy said to him, follow me. So this defeated soldier followed this little boy, and he walked back to the White House, and he walked around to the back door, and no guards stopped him. In fact, the generals and high officials stood at attention, and he went in the back door and walked right up to the presidential office, didn't bother to knock, walked right in, and Abraham Lincoln, who was talking to the Secretary of State, turned and said to him, Tad, what can I do for you? And Tad said, Dad, this man needs to talk to you. This soldier had access to the President of the United States because of the Son. And you have access to the throne of God because of the Son. What a wonderful privilege is yours. And God wants to know you to know that when you come to him, he loves you and cares about you. 
Now, having access to God means that when we pray and ask for things, that God will give us the petitions that we have, but our petitions must be in accordance to the will of God. So many times we don't know how to pray or what to pray or how we should pray. But we know that God gives us his word, and as we read his word, that it reveals to us what is the will of God. And have you ever stopped to think that God used Paul to write this prayer so that if you are praying this prayer, the things you are asking that are written in this prayer are according to the will of God because all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So God gave Paul the ability to write a prayer that some centuries later we can pray and ask God and know that God will hear us because we are praying in accordance to his will. And if we are praying according to his will, we can ask and he will grant the petitions that we desire. So not only do we have access to the throne of God, but we know that if we are praying this prayer, it is in accordance to the will of God. And not only do we know that God will hear us, but we know that God will grant the petition for what we are praying for. God delights to do for you what you are asking when you are praying in according to the will of God. And the best way to really know God is to get into his word and not only just read the word of God to study it as not out of duty, but to really read the word of God and delight yourself. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart because when you're delighting in him, your desires and your heart is compatible with the, the things that delight God. So you're praying in accordance to God's will when you are praying this prayer. It's a beautiful prayer. I, I encourage you not to just pray it at Christmas time, but I, I encourage you to make this a prayer for yourself because we need to know God better. We need to know the hope of, for which we are called. We need to know the riches of the glory of his inheritance. We need to experience the exceeding greatness of his power. So the blessing of Christmas is that the Holy Spirit wants to give you wisdom and revelation that you may know God better. I want to read the verse again. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I just want you to understand the excitement of knowing God. And when you know God, the more you know him, the more you want to pursue him, the more you, hunger you have for God. The more you know God, the more you want to know him better and discover him in your life. And God gives you the ability to know him better by giving you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. So much of what we know we ought to do to receive the blessing of God comes from uh, the Word of God. And, but I know that many times I will read the Word of God and I don't know really how can I apply this into my life. And that's where spirit of wisdom comes in. You see, wisdom is the application of knowledge. When you, you're reading something and you know that you're supposed to love your neighbor or to forgive someone that has hurt you, you say, oh God, I know I'm supposed to do this, but how can I do this? And God gives us the wisdom 
to apply the knowledge that we have so that he can show us how we can put into practice the things that we need to do. Not that it becomes difficult for us, it becomes a joy to do the things that honor God. Amen? Amen. Not only wisdom, but revelation. Revelation is the ability to look beyond the natural into the unseen world, to see things from a supernatural perspective, to see things as God sees things. So many times we look at our circumstances and that's all we see. We see the problem. We see the difficulty. Maybe someone's going through a difficult time in their life and that's all we see. That's all we can comprehend. It's like Elisha. You remember he was in Dothan and the Syrian army surrounded the city and his servant came in and said, Elisha, what are we going to do? Look, the huge army that has surrounded Dothan and they're here to get you. And Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes that he might see. And God opened his eyes that he could see the army of the angel of angels that surrounded the city that was there to protect Elisha. So in your problem, when you pray, say, Oh God, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Help me to see as you see things. Help me to comprehend the things from the realm of the spirit, the unseen world. The third thing is the blessing of God's gift is to know the hope of his calling. Verse 18 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope for which he has called you. First of all, there are two words that I want to focus in on. One is hope and one is calling. And the first thing is that you need to know that you are called by God. You are chosen by God. And when you know that, you, and you know that you're a child of God because you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, then you are a privileged person. You're a special person because of God's call upon your life. And, and you know that when you're in a difficult circumstance, you can say, I know that this is working together for my good because I'm a child of God. I'm called by God. And you know that promise, all things work together for good to them that are called according to his purpose, is for you as a believer. And so knowing that you believe in God and believing in Jesus Christ, you are called by God. It's a special, chosen. It's great to be chosen by God. And he says, not only I want you to know this glorious knowledge of being called by God, but he says, I want you to know the hope of the calling. What is our hope? Well, we're celebrating Christmas. It's the event in which Christ came the first time to the world, but he said, I'm coming again. And we call it the blessed hope when we think about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a wonderful thing to know that one day Jesus is going to call us home. You know, I'm not looking for things here on this earth, but I do know that my citizenship is also in heaven. And one day, we're going to be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye, and we're going to be with Jesus. And that is the blessed hope. But you know, sometimes in life, we we feel like, well, our situation is hopeless. But we shouldn't realize that nothing is hopeless when our hope is put in God. I'm reminded of the event that happened many years ago of a submarine that was uh, ran into a ship and, and it sank to the bottom of the ocean. And there was no way of rescuing the, those in the submarine. 
But uh, nevertheless, they sent a diver down to see if they could hear anything in the submarine that would indicate if there was still life. And when the uh, submerged individual diver went up to the hull of the ship, he heard a tapping and the, uh, decoding the taps and the dashes, the dots and the dashes. He got the message, is there any hope? And unfortunately, they were not able to rescue the men, but the diver tapped on the hull of the submarine ship and said, hope in God alone. And that's where our hope is, in God alone. And I believe that's what the songwriter had in mind when he said, my hope is in, in nothing less but Jesus Christ and his righteousness. We can put our hope and our trust in Jesus Christ. And so we don't need to be defeated or walk in despair, but we can know that even though the outward man is getting older, I realize that. You know, when she said I've been pastoring or been in the ministry 50 years, that I told her to leave that part out, you know. Because <laughs> you know, I don't look like I've been in the ministry 50 I'm, I started when I was in fifth grade, I think. <laughs> Something like that. But no, seriously, I do realize that we do get older. Our, our bodies get older. But listen to what Paul says, and I found this to be true. He says, we do not lose heart. We don't get discouraged, though our outward nature is wasting away. Our inward nature is being renewed every day. For this light momentary affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know what? I may not be like a muscular physique on the outward, but look out. The inward is being renewed every day. I'm glad for that. Because, you know, we go every once in a while to the gym and I say to my wife, is this really worth it? I don't see much happening. <laughs> now, I see Dave and Pam there, and I ask Pam, how are you doing? She says, oh, I'm doing well, so it keeps encouraging me, Pam. I'm going to keep it up. But you know what? Even the outward man may be growing older. I tell you, I just look forward every day. I just say, you know... I hope you come today because it would be so wonderful. And that's the blessed hope. We will be with Jesus forever. The fourth thing is the blessing of God's gift is that Christmas is to know the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. He says, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people? I want us to realize he doesn't say, what is your inheritance? But he says, I want you to know the riches, to know the riches of the glorious, his glorious inheritance in you. You are his inheritance. So, you know, we often think, well, what's in it for me? I want to know what's my inheritance. 
But what Paul is praying is, I want you to know God's inheritance and what value you are as being longing to God. You know, by nature, if you stop and think about the culture that we live in, it really focuses in on self. Have you noticed that the thing that is popular today is selfies? <laughs> it's about self, isn't it? You know, and, and it can creep into our attitudes when we come to church. We say, well, I wonder how I'm going to be blessed today. I wonder how God's going to give me uh, something good today. And we think about, God, what can you do for me? And even our prayers. And there's nothing wrong with asking because the Bible says to ask, but have you ever stopped to think that so much of our praying is, bless me, Lord, bless my family, be with me today, go with me, help me, help me, help me. But why not say, God, I'm yours. You are God's inheritance. And pray, instead of give me, use me. Instead of what are you going to do for me, say, God, mold me and make me. You see, you are called by God, and that means you belong to God. And belonging to God means that you are special, but it also means that God looks at you as his inheritance, and he has an investment in you, and you are blessed by being his inheritance. But what is the value of God's inheritance in his people. The value of God's inheritance is not the church. The value of God's inheritance is not the people, it's not the pastor, it's not the things that we do. The value of God's inheritance is his presence. The value is that Christ is in you. The value is not in what you do or who you are. The value of God's inheritance and its riches of the glory of his inheritance is that Christ lives in you. There's where the value, that's what brings the glory. And it's not just that God's presence is here today in our midst that makes it valuable for you to be here. But the value is that God's presence is with you tomorrow and every day after, wherever you go, the value of the inheritance of God is that his people are living their lives with Christ shining through them. And so when people come to church or when people walk into this building, it isn't the lights that they admire. They may, from a temporal standpoint, it's not the friendliness of the people, and that's wonderful. We ought to be friendly to new people coming in. But the value that people find when they come into the house of God is the presence of God. God is here. And he wants to fill your life with his spirit. And so he says, oh, I want you to know you're chosen by God. You have a calling upon your life and you belong to me. And belonging to God is the greatest gift you could ever have at Christmas. To know that you belong to him. And that he lives in you and his life is in you and it's shining forth to those around you. And finally, and I may have gone a little longer, I, I, I kind of get carried away sometimes and then I look up at the watch and I see that the alarm may go off any time now. So. <laughs> but I want us to see this final thing, the greatness 
of his power that is ours. The blessing of God's gift is at Christmas, the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. Let's read it again from scripture. His incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. You have God's power available to you. It's not the power that created the universe, but it is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And that's significant because when Jesus rose from the grave, he said to his disciples, all power in authority is given to me in heaven and in earth. Go and make disciples of all nations. What happened to the disciples when they discovered the power that was given to them? and the name of Jesus Christ. They walked into where the temple was, and a lame man was standing there, or there before the gate, he was crippled. And Peter and John said, we don't have money to give you. We don't have silver and gold, but we have something of greater value. And what was it they had? They had the authority of Jesus' name. And they said, in the name of Jesus Rise up and walk. We not only have that name that is so precious to us, but it, behind that name is authority and power. There is no greater name in heaven or earth than the name of Jesus. And it is available to you. You have the resources. What good is the power if you don't use it? God has given you the power so that when you are faced with something in your life that you need to draw from that power, there it is. God doesn't intend for us to be defeated, discouraged, depressed, to live a hopeless life. He wants, I'm not putting down if those are things that you have happening that you feel despair, but I'm trying to tell you there is an answer. And realize the power that is yours through Jesus Christ. And that power is given to you so that when you face that mountain, when you face that temptation, when you are filled with fear, when you have despondency in your life, don't walk there, but turn to God and say this prayer. Oh God, I want to know the exceeding greatness of your power that is a gift that is given to me because Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem. But he lived a life and he rose from the grave and he ascended into heaven and he says, now that power is available to me. So as you walk each day, realize this power is not just, it's not like charging a battery on Sunday to carry you through the week. This power is not available to you just day by day. This power is available to you moment by moment. God wants you to realize whatever you're facing at an instant, you can realize you have the resource to draw from, and that power is greater than any other power in the world, and it is the greatest gift that anyone could receive. You've got the power, and you have the name of Jesus so walk in the authority and the power of Jesus' name and walk in victory today. Hallelujah. Will you stand with me?
Praise God. Let's, I just feel like praising God. I don't know about you, but let's give thanks for the wonderful things God has given us today. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, God, we thank you for Jesus Christ, who's our Savior and our Lord. We're thankful for this season of the year that we can celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Emmanuel, God with us. But help us to realize the benefits that are ours because of Jesus, because of this day that we call Christmas, that we can know the hope of his calling upon our lives, that we can have wisdom and revelation to know God better, that we can have uh, uh, belong to God and we are his. And we, we can sing that song, I surrender all, I surrender to you, God, and know that there's joy and surrender. I belong to you. And I have, as a result of my life being surrendered to you, I have the power of the Holy Spirit, the power that God wants me to have in my life to walk in victory today. And I pray, oh God, that you will be with us today. May the peace of God that passes all understanding fill our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. And may you walk with us today. And I just pray, Lord, we will go in the strength of your power, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Have a wonderful day.